if we jump in here. God, thank you so much for who you are. And thank you, Lord, for loving us and dying for us. Lord, being born in human flesh for us so that we could have a relationship with you. And God, this morning, as we continue during this Advent season, we talk about peace. I pray, dear God, for each person here. God, I know that for some, peace is the most difficult thing for them. They're struggling in so many areas. The overwhelming feeling of loss in people's lives. The stress of relationships. Not knowing what the future is going to hold. All of these things, Lord. So I pray as we, as we share this time together, as I preach from your your word, your truth, your, the foundation of our faith. I pray, dear God, that hearts would be touched through your Holy Spirit that would be far beyond what a pastor or a human being can express in words, that you would go deep down, Lord, into our very souls and touch us where we so need to be touched right now, Lord, in this time. Thank you for the celebration of the season. Thank you for who you are. And I pray, dear God, that we would truly walk out of here different people than we walked in. Pray that you would calm hearts. Give that that supernatural peace that only comes from you. We pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, in Philippians chapter 4, verses 6 through 8, one of my favorite passages, it says this. Do not be anxious about anything. And I want to stop right there. I always, you know how much I love anything and everything. And I always say we shouldn't say it, but I love when the Bible says it, right? Do not be anxious about anything, but in every situation, by prayer and petition with thanksgiving, present your request to God. You're anxious, present that request to God, give it over to God and the peace of God, which transcends all understanding will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. Finally, brothers and sister, sisters, whatever is true, whatever is noble, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is admirable. If anything is excellent or praiseworthy, think about such things. So we're in this series called Intentional Christmas. And this morning, I want to look at how our lives could change. Okay? How our lives could truly, truly change if we learn to live in God's peace. The older I get, the more I realize this is true. Life is filled with challenges and complex situations. And I'll tell you, if you're younger, it doesn't end. I hate to <laughs> tell you the bad. It just gets, I was saying to someone out here, uh, you know, I love watching the babies being carried in. They're little, you know, little carriers. And just remember those days? I know you don't remember them, but wouldn't it be nice, right? If, if you just got carried in and when you wanted something, you cried and someone responded right away. That's all you had to do is cry about it. And so, well, you know, calm down. Let me hear you go. Here's the food, whatever you need. Um, <laughs> Enjoy this times now, kids, because it's going to change. Um, no one can avoid problems. Any, any wise person I've ever talked to said to me from an early age, you can't avoid problems. The question is, how do you deal with them? How do you deal with the problems and the stresses you're going to face in your life? 
If we're going to find peace, we need to live according to God's precepts and his principles in the word of God. You know, I see, I see so much now people are drifting away from the word and saying, well, it's not the authoritative word of God. There is some of this and some of that and they, they're, they're getting away from it. I'm going to explain something to you. Without the word of God, without the truth and the foundation of the word of God, you cannot achieve peace. Can't be done, okay? So as they walk away from the word of God, some, some thinking somehow that people will maybe like them more, or they'll be more accepted by the world or whatever else, they're, they're giving away peace. Peace, joy, contentment, hope, all those things cannot be truly found without the word of God as our foundation. So if we're going to live a life of peace, we need to live out God's precepts and his principles, let me, let me illustrate with this story. There was a young boy who was driving a wagon of hay down the road when, a wagon, when the wagon fell over in front of a farmer's house. The farmer came out, saw the boy crying and said, Son, don't worry about this. We can fix it. Right now, dinner's ready. Why don't you just come in and eat with us and, and then I'll help you put all that hay back on the wagon. The boy said, no, I can't. My father is going to be very angry with me. The farmer said, now, don't worry. Just come in and have some dinner and you'll feel better. And the boy said, I, I, I'm afraid that my father is going to be angry with me. The farmer insisted. So the boy went inside and he had dinner. Afterwards, as they walked outside to the hay wagon, the farmer said, Now, son, don't you feel better now that you've had a great meal and you've taken time to rest and reflect? The boy said, Well, yeah, but, but I know my father's going to be angry with me. And the farmer said, Nonsense, nonsense. Where is your father anyway? And the boy said, He's under the hay wagon. So... <laughs> Father was going to be very angry with them. <laughs> but in most cases, okay, in, the, in most cases, the old farmer would be right, right? He would be right. In order to, you know, you, you, you have to stop. When you're going through difficult situations, you're not really sure how to handle it. You need to stop. You need to take time to rest. And you need to take time to reflect. To stop what you're doing. To rest and to reflect and let God speak to you. Here's the thing. You cannot find, you cannot find that, that peace, emotional peace, if, 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 you're, if you're constantly going and you're allowing your emotions to dictate your actions. You're not going to find peace. You can never find peace if you allow your emotions to dictate your actions. So sometimes we just need to stop. We need to rest and we need to reflect. Peace is something, honestly, think about this. Peace is something we all long for. I mean all, I mean everyone in the world. We all long for peace, but it's so difficult for most people to find. Most people never find peace. So this morning, I just want to, again, stop and allow God's word, allow God's word to lead us toward peace. Because all self-help books and, you know, people, you know, coaches and all, they're all great. It's wonderful, okay? I'm not sure self-help books are all great. But um, all the advice people give us, it's okay, it's good. But we're never going to find true peace unless we are focused on the word of God. So for the next few minutes, what I want to do is lay out five biblical principles for living a peaceful life. Five biblical principles for living a peaceful life. Warren Wearsby wrote this. 
Real contentment must come from within. When you and I cannot change, you and I cannot can change, change or control the world around us, but we can control and change the world within us. We can't control or change the world around us, but we can change and control the world within us. So number one, number one, five biblical principles for living a peaceful life. Number one, peace comes from a quiet conscience. From having a quiet conscience. From knowing you're living your life according to God's principles. Romans 8, 33-35 reminds us of this. Who will bring any charge against those whom God has chosen? Listen to these words. It is God who justifies. Who then is the one who condemns? No one. Christ Jesus who died, more than that, who was raised to life, is at the right hand of God and is also interceding for us. Who shall separate us from the love of Christ, from the love of God? Shall trouble or hardship or persecution or famine or nakedness or danger or the sword? The answer is no. See, Paul asked three, three questions. He asked three important questions that lead us, lead us to peace. Who will bring a charge against God's people? No one. Who can condemn us? Therefore, there is no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. Who will condemn us? No one. Who can separate us from the love of God? Who can separate us from the love of Christ? Once I've asked Christ into my heart, who can separate? No one. Nothing can separate me from the love of God. So there's the foundation in which I stand. I am safe and secure in Christ, no matter what the world does, no matter what happens around me, nothing can take those things away from me. That's what Romans 8 says. I belong to God. We are a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a nation, a people belonging to God. We belong to him and no one can take that away from us. See, what we need to do is live to an audience of one. Most people live to all the people around them. They, they act, they live, they talk, they, they interact, they make decisions based on what they think someone else is going to, to think about them or feel about them. But we need to live to an audience of one. If I'm living to an audience of one, I, I can have peace because the issues and the fears of this world do not control me. All the issues that are happening, all the, all the fears of the world, what's going to happen now, what's going to be in the future? It's like they play off of that on us and rob us of our joy and rob us of our peace and rob us of our contentment. Because we play into it. Somehow we think that matters when it actually doesn't. The fears of the world, the issues of the world don't control me. Living to an audience of one means my life is focused on the word of God, not on what everyone else thinks and feels. I live to an audience of one. I walk around thinking, what does Christ think about this? How does God feel about this? What does Christ want me to do? What does the word of God say? And if it affects other people and they don't like it, that's not my issue. I don't want to be offensive, but if the word of God offends because of how I'm living my life, well, that's it. That's what, that's what the word of God actually says. If you live that way, people will be offended. But it can't stop you from living the life you live. And that gives you peace knowing that I'm going to do what Christ wants me to do. I'm going to do what the word of God calls me to do. And it doesn't matter what everybody else thinks about it. 
You watch the world constantly crumbling under the pressure of the culture. Constantly. Cowardly. They cower because they want everyone to like them. They want to, they want to be accepted. And you're not, Here's the thing, if you're younger especially. No matter what you try to do, you will never please everyone. And if you try, you're going to waste 25 or 30 years of your life until you get older and realize, this is ridiculous, I'm wasting my time. No matter what I do, if you spent the rest of your life trying to please everyone around you, you can't. You can't even try, and it works. It doesn't work. You can't please everyone, so don't try. Live your life according to how God would want you to live your life, and then you'll be a consistent person in other people's lives. And whether, whether they're going like this, you'll just go like this. When people are like this, don't follow them, just keep going like this. Have stability in the word of God. That's what, that's what brings peace. See, if I'm living according to God's word, I can have a clear conscience. If I am trying, and none of us are perfect, right? None of us are perfect. But we have Christ who intercedes, right? That's what it says. Christ intercedes for us. When we make mistakes, we ask Christ, we ask God to forgive us through Christ. That's what we say in Jesus' name. So we can have a clear conscience. If I'm living according to the word of God, I can have a clear conscience. Even when I stumble, I ask for forgiveness. And again, my conscience is clear. So if you want to have peace in your life, you need to have a clear conscience. That means more than just living, living right today. Right. Just doing the right thing today. It means you need some of you, some of us, many of us, almost probably most of us need to let go of the past and allow God to heal our hearts. See, what I'm teaching you is truth. What you believe sometimes is a lie because it comes from the enemy and the enemy doesn't want you to have peace or joy or hope or contentment or love or any of just wants you to be miserable. So he's constantly lying to you. But, but if, if you want that kind of peace, it means you need to let go of the past and allow God to heal your heart. You can't have peace. Listen, you cannot have peace. And some of you really need to hear this. You cannot have peace if you're reliving the past all the time. But you don't know what I've done. I don't really care what you've done. Did you ask Christ to forgive you? So, as far as the east is from the west, so far as he separated my sins from me. So, you say, well, you don't understand. I, again, I don't care. Have you asked for forgiveness? God is forgiven. Stop living in the past, stop dwelling in the past. Romans 8 tells us that God has forgiven our past and given us, given us all that we need to forgive those who have hurt us because part of it's us forgiving ourselves and the other part is the fact that we won't forgive others for the past. And it's like I say this all the time, when you, when you dwell on that, it's like drinking poison and hoping the other person dies. When you won't let it go. I need to allow God to heal my heart. And again, I need to, I also need to forgive myself. I want you to hear this and I hear this in the right way. When you don't forgive yourself and hear it the right way, I'm not being like aggressive, but I'm just being truthful. When you don't forgive yourself, you are, you are literally calling God a liar. You might as well just say that. Just call him a liar. 
You're, you're strong enough to forgive everybody else's sins, Lord. You're strong enough to do this, but you're not strong enough to do mine. You're a liar. You know, I know you died on the cross, and, and, and I, I lay all my burdens at your feet, and all the things, and you've forgiven me, and you know, your grace is sufficient, you know, amazing grace, how sweet the sound that saved a wretch like everyone else but me. So when you don't forgive yourself for the past, you're calling God a liar and you need to deal with that. Did you ask God to forgive you? If you say yes, then he has forgiven you. It is done. Move on. So pray for God's help and trust him to help you live in the moment, in this season, not in seasons past. You won't find peace in your life if you're living in seasons past. It's time for you this morning. I'm not, I'm not talking about some generality. I'm talking about this morning. It's time for you to move on. It's time for you to, if you need to bow your head during this service sometimes, or just while your eyes wide open and ask God to let, help you to let that go, that you need forgiveness, you, you need to forgive or you need forgiveness, do it now, but leave here different. Leave here free. Leave here with peace. Listen, guys, here the, here's the deal. The Bible says, I am a new creation. You are a new creation. It says the old has gone, the new has come. The old has gone, the new has come. And what I love about the Christian faith, what I love about our faith is that's every single day, right? I make a mistake, the old has gone, the new has come. I am a new creation. I'm a joint heir with Jesus Christ and standing with God. I'm perfect. These are all truths that we need to hold on to. Listen to Isaiah 43, 18 and 19. Listen to the words. This is God speaking to you this morning. Okay? This is God speaking to you. This is what he says. Forget the former things. Do not dwell on the past. See, I am doing a new thing. Now it springs up. Do you not perceive it? I am making a way in the wilderness and streams in the wasteland. Isn't that, isn't that, oh, isn't that great truth? Forget the former things. Do not dwell on the past. Number two, number two, God, uh, peace comes from a mind at rest. Peace comes from a mind at rest, when your mind is at rest. Philippians chapter 4, verse 7 says this, And the peace, listen to these words, And the peace of God, which trans all understanding. You think Jed read the sermon before she started playing all that music, right? Is, this, is it, you hear this? The sermon started long before I got up here, just so you know, right? You were singing about this. And the peace of God, which trans all, transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. Your mind can't be at rest. Listen, and this is not a criticism. Don't take this as a criticism or picking on or it's ungodly to do. I'm just laying out some truth and some thoughts to you. Your mind cannot be at rest if you are constantly listening and watching stressful things. Honestly, I know a lot of you, it's killing some of you. You say, what are you talking about? I'm talking about Fox News. I'm talking about CNN. I'm talking about MSNBC. I'm talking about whichever one you're watching. Is it wrong? No, it is not wrong. Keep you, that's not wrong to, it's not wrong to sit down and keep up. But here's what I'm asking you to do. Okay. If it is causing you stress to the point it's robbing you of your joy and of your peace and of your contentment all i'm saying is maybe in 2019 you limit yourself 
You stay aware, okay? Be aware of what's going on around you. Stay up on current events. That's totally fine. But maybe you do it in a little bit different way. So gather the information, but don't let the world's issues consume you. Do not let the world's issues consume you. This is, this is where we need to be in the world. And go study this passage. This is where we need to be in the world, but not of the world. We're consumed with what Rome is doing. Okay, We're consumed with Babylon is doing. We're consumed with whatever is doing. We're consumed with it. And, that, and being consumed with that all the time, constantly, is causing you to be robbed of your peace. Hebrews thirteen fourteen says this, This world is not my permanent home. We are looking forward to a home yet to come. When well, we have a new heaven and a new earth. But that's not here. So if you want peace, and it's, this is something in your life that needs to be adjusted, you may need to adjust it. Again, let me say this out loud. I'm not saying it's wrong to watch the news or whatever news you want to watch. I'm just saying, I'm just, I'm just basically look at it again. This world is not our permanent home. We are looking forward to a home yet to come. Be in the world. You got to be in the world, but you don't need to be of the world at all times. Just constantly letting it consume you. Okay, focus on things of God. And I say this all the time. You need to focus on the things of God. Focus on the on the eternal, not the temporal. And is that, isn't that what we're doing when we get totally consumed with this? We're focusing on the temporal. What's happening? What's going to happen? What's going to happen? I'm going to say this and um, you all raise your hand if you've heard this before. This is the most important election in our lifetime. <laughs> raise your hand if you heard that before. Raise your hand if you heard it before the last election. Raise your hand if you're going to hear it after the next election. Okay? This is the most important election in the history of humanity. Right? And then nothing changes. So, um, Philippians 4.8 says, listen, listen to this again. I'm going to read it again. It says, finally, brothers and sisters, whatever is true, whatever is noble, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is admirable, if anything is excellent and praiseworthy, think about such things. Does that sound like the news to you? Let me go through that. True. I know. Don't laugh. <laughs> noble. Right, pure, lovely, admirable, excellent, and praiseworthy. Click it, put it on, baby, and just sit back and praiseworthy. Does that sound like the people you're hanging out with, too? People you're surrounding yourself with? Does that sound like them? True, noble, right, pure, lovely, what admirable, excellent, praiseworthy. And you, it, you're human, so it, it's easy to hear it and take it in and everything. But after a while, it's just like, I need a shower. Right? You're overwhelmed. You're stressed out because the person, constantly. Your mind, I'm going to go back here. It says, peace comes from a mind at rest, okay? Hear me again. Your mind cannot be at rest if you don't find some margin. 
I'm going to do a whole sermon on this, so I'm not going to spend a lot of time. You need to find margin in your life. You need to listen. You need to fight for margin in your life. How many boards and committees and think do you have to be on? Think about it. You go from work and you have to go to this thing and you have to go to that thing. And you have to go to this thing and they have to write this and you have to do that for this. And you have this next you when and then you want peace and you want to take. I just need to find some time to just rest and relax and reflect on the God's word and just pray. And you don't have time. You know why you go into this meeting, you go into that committee, you're going to do this thing. You signed up for this and you signed up for that. Students, how many teams do you need to be on? How many other activities do you need to be involved in? It's good to be involved in a team. It's good to be involved in activities, but it's not good if you can't find the margin to take a breath once in a while. You know what I used to do once in a while when I was younger? This is this will shock you. This will shock you. I go outside and it got dark. I lay under the stars and I just look up at the stars for a couple hours. I lean up against my apartment building and I just look up at the stars and think about nothing. I know. It's like a sin now, right? What a waste of time, man. You laid around and looked up at the stars and thought about nothing. Yep. Probably thinking about a girl or something, but I was thinking that it's just like, you know, but, but you got to, you guys here at the bottom line, you need margin. We need, I need margin. I have been, I'm like the like director of this and uh, something of that and the board of that. And I, I'm like, ding, 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 ding. You know why I'm cutting all these things, so many things off and finding margin? You know what I want to do with my precious time? I want to go fishing with my son. I want to go fishing. I have seven grandkids. I want to spend time with them. I want to consciously get down, look them right in the face. And when Levi says, Pops, and Thanksgiving, can we go fishing together? We sneak out of the house where everybody else is doing stuff. We went fishing in the backyard together. He caught some big, he caught some good fish too, right? Honestly, I could sit there watching something on TV while he runs around, but I guarantee he'll never remember what we were watching or what I was doing at that Thanksgiving. I guarantee now he remembers what we did that Thanksgiving. Peace. You can't find your happy place if you can never get there. You need to let go. Number three, peace comes from a life surrendered to God's will. Peace comes from a life surrendered to God's will. Martin Luther wrote this. I have held many things in my hands. And have lost them all. But whatever I have placed in the hand, in God's hands, that I still possess. There is no peace when we're fighting God's perfect timing. This is really hard. This is where it gets a little harder here, okay? Turning off CNN or whatever. Uh, okay, I can think about that. But this one's even harder. There is no peace when we're fighting God's perfect timing. Let go. I don't want just want to say this and be like, yeah, let go of your plans and, and hold on to God's perfect plan. That's what I'm going to say. But I don't want you to just hear it and not hold on to it. Let go of some of the plans that you have. You've been holding on to those things and it's been it's been hold, all right, they're holding on to you. It's not just that you're holding on to them. They're holding on to you. And it isn't a peaceful life that you're living because you won't let go of some things. You won't let go of some of those plans. This was your plan for this long and you haven't, and you're gonna, man, you're gonna just keep and, and maybe God, maybe God has a different plan for you. Maybe it's not the plan that you have for yourself. At the end of the day, the reason I want to spend more time fishing 
with my son and my grandkids and whoever else, you know, just relationship building is because at the end of the day, God keeps telling me, you know, I'm not as concerned about what you do. I'm more concerned about who you are. I can do all these things without you. I'm more concerned about who you are. Are you conforming to the image of Christ? Are you putting things in place? What are the most important things to you, Jeff Greer? Is that lived out in your life? Is that reflected in your life? The next series is going to be called, uh, Don't Just Leave a Legacy, Live a Legacy. What does it mean to live a legacy? Everybody leaves some kind of legacy, but what does it mean to actually live a legacy? That's what really, really matters. We need to trust him. And if we trust him, we need to trust him to give us peace and strength while we're waiting on him. Because, you know, we have plans or God has plans or whatever else. And sometimes you have to wait. Sometimes you have to wait. We're Americans. We don't like to wait. We want it now. We want it right now. We're going to have to ask him to give us strength, to give us patience as we wait on him to do what he's going to do in our lives. Isaiah 40, 31 says this, But those who trust in the Lord will find new strength. They will soar high on wings like eagles. They will run and not grow weary. They will walk and not faint. You need to believe, and again, this is hard. We need to believe, all of us need to believe that God knows what's best for us. I still struggle with that. I don't struggle with it. I don't struggle with it here, struggle with it here. I intellectually understand what I'm saying, but I still want what I want. And every day I have to realize, okay, I didn't get what I wanted. I had this amazing plan and it didn't work. I didn't get what I wanted. God has a better plan. God has something more significant for me to do. God has something for me to learn. I've learned as I get older that failures are more valuable to you. My failures are more valuable to you than my successes. In success, I'm like, booyah, look how I did that. Oh, you see, that was going, cool. yeah, it was great. And when I fail, not only do I learn something, but I can teach so much better sometimes through failure than I can success. I can, I can empathize with you, not just sympathize through failure. That may be God's plan. Sometimes me not achieving what I thought I was going to achieve is God's plan because he's teaching me something better. Who you are is more important than what you do. And that's hard for a lot of us because doing is important. Accomplishing, being successful, reaching the top of the mountain, putting your stake in, you know, ah, that picture, right? All the Christian pictures have a person or a woman on a man or a woman standing on top of the mountaintop, you know. When I learned also, little learns from Jeff Greer here, these aren't, I didn't really think about this when I was writing the sermon, but um, the destination really isn't that important. It's the journey that really matters. It's the journey. The journey is what keeps you going. The journey is where you learn. The journey is where other people can follow. When you get there, it's like, okay, well, what's next? It's the journey. Enjoy the journey. That's what's going to bring you peace. Listen to what Isaiah 26, 3 says. Listen to, listen to every word. You will keep in perfect peace all who trust in you. All those thoughts are, all those whose thoughts are fixed on you. Let me read that again. You will keep in perfect peace all who trust in you. All whose thoughts are fixed on you. You want perfect peace? There it is. 
There it is. Number four, peace comes from a heart of obedience. R.C. Sproul, who I absolutely love, wrote this. We do not segment our lives, giving time to God, some to our business and schooling, while keeping other parts to ourselves. The idea is to give all of our lives in the presence of God, under the authority of God, and for the honor and glory of God. That is what the Christian life is all about. I totally agree. Peace is the, is the deliberate, listen, Write this down. Peace is the deliberate adjustment, adjustment of my life to the will of God. Peace is the deliberate adjustment of my life to the will of God. I adjust to his will. That brings me peace. We need to, we need to recognize that we are creatures of habit and not all the habits that we have are good ones. We need to recognize that we're creatures, all of us, I am, you are, we're creatures of habit. And not all the habits that we have are good ones. Good ones. God wants us to recognize we cannot have peace in disobedience. We will not, cannot have peace when we are in disobedience to God's word. When I'm disobedient, I sacrifice peace. Hear me out. When I am disobedient, when I'm not obedient to God, I am sacrificing peace because I end up dealing with the stressful consequences. Think this through for a second. And I don't understand how, it's like I try so hard sometimes to help people understand this, but somehow their emotions dictate their actions and they put it aside and then they run headlong into trouble and stress and misery and their peace is gone. Think about this. Drunkenness, adultery, stealing, cheating. I could go on and on and on and on. All lead to stress. They all lead to stress. When you do those things, they end up causing you stress in your life. Disobedience always leads to stress. We need to recognize that. We need to recognize that and we need to put that as part of our, we need to take a step back and realize that if I choose to do this, this is going to cause stress in my life. And I need to recognize that it's through obedience to God that I find peace. It is through, hear me out, don't just let this go one ear out the other. It is through, you want to be, you want to have a, a peaceful life? It is through obedience to God that you find peace in your life. Now, I totally admit it may be harder up front. It's harder up front when something's there and you want to reach out and you want to grab it. There it is, it's right there and you want to take it. Whatever it is, whatever that temptation is, it's so much easier up front but it's so much more peaceful on the back end. When you choose, remember, go back to the conscience. If my conscience is clear, I can have peace. When I choose to be disobedient, my conscience is not clear. Therefore, I am not living a peaceful life. I cannot. I cannot because I'm always dealing with the stress of my disobedience. Isaiah 26, 8 says, Lord, we show our trust in you by our obedience to your laws our heart's desire is to glorify your name. We need to ask God to help us because we cannot do this on our own. We can't. We, this is a, one of those areas we really need to get on our knees and ask God to help us because we cannot do this on our own. But Philippians 4.13 reminds us, I can do all things through Christ who gives me strength. 
I can't do it on my own, but I can do all things through Christ who gives me the strength to be obedient to him and to have that clear conscience. Number five, peace comes through healthy, loving relationships. Peace comes through healthy, loving relationships. First and foremost, through our relationship with Christ. Let me read, let me read a few scriptures. Listen to these words. Listen to God's word. Colossians 3.15 says this. Let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts, since as members of one body you were called to peace and be thankful. In Romans chapter 5 and verse 1 it says, Therefore, since we have been justified through faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. And then listen to 2 Thessalonians chapter 3, verse 16. Now may the Lord of peace himself give you peace at all times. You know how much I love all and every. At all times and in every way, the Lord be with you all. I'm going to read that again. Now may the Lord of peace, the Lord of peace, give you peace at all times in every way. It is possible. It, has, it is possible to have peace at all times and in every way. But it cannot come from living from a temporal perspective, being caught up in this world, being worried about it all. You need to focus on an eternal perspective always. And I mean walk through life constantly having Christ as the guide of your life and having that eternal perspective. Here, here's a good principle to follow when it comes to relationships. This is extremely important. You all, we need to strengthen the relationships that are healthy. We need to strengthen the relationships that are healthy. And we need to set relational boundaries around the relationships that are not. You say, well, that's not very Christian. You love her. I, I didn't say you don't have to love everybody. I said you strengthen the healthy relationships in your life and you set spiritual boundaries around the unhealthy relationships in your life. Why? Because unhealthy people create drama. Can I get an Amen. Right. Unhealthy people, they create drama, which leads to stress. There are people in your life that you, no matter what you do, they are unhealthy and they, and they just become stressful because drama. They love to live in drama. They love it. They don't, they say they don't. Oh, it's always, oh, it's always something. It's always something. It's always something because that's what you run to and that's what you create in your life. Somehow, if you quieted yourself, you probably have a nervous breakdown. And so you keep going and going and going and you need the stress and you need the, you need that whole drama in your life. But then they want to suck you into the drama and you're like, it's like a vacuum. You're like, pull it away. No, I don't want to go. You know what I mean? That's why a lot of you are stressed right now thinking about Christmas because so and so is going to be there and you know every Christmas is crying because they make they create stress in your life and I'm saying you you have the courage to set relational boundaries you set relational boundaries you need to limit the time you spend with them listen to me limit the time you spend with them or stop connecting with them completely if it's possible limit your time or stop connecting with them completely Here's what I'm saying. If people refuse, if they refuse to get help and they refuse to change their behavior, they are choosing, they are choosing, listen, I'm going to say it again. If you, they are choosing not to change or not to change their behavioral patterns, then they are choosing not to be in relationship with you. You're not choosing it. You lay the boundaries out. 
They're choosing not to be in relationship with you. You let them know, I want to be in relationship with you. But if you keep making these choices, okay, you lay out the boundaries, you're choosing not to be in relationship with me. It's their choice. It's not your choice. It's their choice. Here are the, here are the spiritual boundaries. If you pass those spiritual boundaries, you're choosing not to be in relationship with me. Living a life of peace isn't easy, but it is possible. It, I, I, didn't say, I didn't say it was easy. I said it was possible. You just need to have the courage and you need to have the spiritual discipline to follow God's plan to follow God's will, to follow God's purpose for your life, to follow God, to make him number one, to live to an audience of one. Let me close with this illustration. It's called the spring within. In some old castles are found deep wells meant to supply the garrison in times of siege. An aqueduct bringing water from from without would be at the mercy of the enemy. But the foe has no power over the well inside. The peace the world seeks depends on one surrounding, and the times of tr- and, and in times of trouble, it is a sor- their source is cut off. But the peace of Christ is a spring inside, and my friends, that peace can never be taken from you. That peace can never be cut off. Remember the question that Paul asked in the very beginning: Who can separate us from the love of God? That, that, that peace is not something, it's not happiness that comes from external things. It's a peace, it's a well that comes from inside and the enemy can't have it. The enemy can't touch it. It belongs, it belongs to Christ in you. Who can separate you from the love of Christ? That was the question Paul asked. And what was the answer? No one. Let's pray. Father God, thank you for this time we can spend together. And God, I know, I know how hard this is. As I'm studying and writing these sermons, I'm, I just, you know how I struggle in my heart, how difficult it is to live this out in our lives. But God, not through our own power, but through your power, we can do it. We can do it. So I pray, dear God, that you would give us the strength, that we would draw on your strength and your resurrection power and the power of the Holy Spirit of God, that we would draw on that strength to help us accomplish this goal that we have, to live peaceful lives, to live in peace. Lord, it's going to take some challenging decisions for each one of us. But I pray that we would have the courage through your power to make those decisions. I love you, we love you, we praise you, we thank you that we don't have a God who is out there somewhere, but a God who cares about every detail of our lives and who's intimately involved in every detail of our lives. We draw on that God for that strength. In Jesus' name, amen. Have a great week.